Welcome back to the podcast to be named later. I'm your host, Jason Collette. Joining me again this week is Ian Malinowski. Good evening, Ian. Hello. How's it going? Well, with all this winning, it's going pretty damn great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I put an article up, and we're recording this on a Thursday night. But put the article up today uh, is a brief, uh, just a brief one, just because some news came out uh, after the game today about ratings. Uh, Maury Brown from Business of Baseball and uh, Baseball Perspectives put an article out and said the Rays television ratings were up 51 percent this past April from April 2011. And then Sun Sports came out and put something else out that said. By their metrics, the ratings are up, you know, ironically, 69%. Um, 5.4 household rating versus 3.2 last year, uh, giving them the strongest April ever. Um, year to year, the Rays are up 77% in households, and the Rays are also performing well in key demographics, 25 to 54-year-olds, 2.2 share, 25 to 54, 2.7 share. Thoughts on that? It's really cool. I would I would really like to see someone do a detailed study on how how the ratings go up or down based on preseason media coverage. Just because I, I don't know, like I don't know why they were down last year. Uh, they were they were they're up really high the year before and then took a dive last year, and and now the ratings seem seem good again. So the only difference I'm seeing is that there are is that in that sort of in between off year. Um, both the local and the national media was absolutely killing the Rays, talking about how they had gotten rid of all their players, had, had no chances. Um, so I, 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 I wonder, I wonder if a person has has looked at this, and and if they haven't, I would, I would, I would really, I would really like to see that, just because. It places the blame for me squarely on the St. Petersburg Times right now. <laughs> I, I agree. I would like to see the, the narratives, uh, to see how things were compared. I mean, obviously, a lot of teams, people were picking the Rays to make it to the World Series. Some of them had them winning the World Series. Uh, most of them had them making the postseason. So it's completely opposite from last year. Some people, you know, we did the local survey. I remember sending it out to some of the local radio types and, and writers who responded back. And, and the average win, people said 83 wins. Some people even said below. 500. Uh, there was the one article that I, I pointed out that John Romano did. Uh, you know, he's moved on to a different role within the Tampa Bay Times, uh, but he had a piece, and I thought it was very. You know, he said the Rays should just it, it, why waste money? Why spend the money in 2011? Would just play for the long term and, and and go that way. And I thought that was a horrible piece to put. And I actually we had a very you know friendly email exchange about it, but I just said, look, I really think you know given what's happened in the past, I think you'd, it was just a, a, a wrong tone to set. And when we look at the attendance numbers, and we were just talking about television there, we look at attendance right now through the first 13 games, 42,834 more fans have been in Tropicana Field this year than last year. Uh, That's a 20% increase at the gate. Uh, That's huge. I mean, this – that's coming off this four-game series when only 40,000 fans attended the four-game series against the Seattle Mariners. So I think that's good news. And then lastly – when we look at the standings this time last year on this date last year, the Rays were three games above 500 that you have 16 and 13 and a game and a half behind the Red Sox. Now 18 and eight best record in baseball. And they have a game and a half lead over the surprising Baltimore Orioles. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, if, if the ratings, which will, which will at some point soon transfer into money, if they're tied to the preseason expectations, and they're probably also tied to, to to how the season starts, and that zero and eight start, coupled with the expectations being low last last year, cannot have helped. 
So I, I really think, in terms of, of Stu's bottom line, right now this is an excellent start. Yeah, agreed. I, I think that was a, a really a double whammy last year with, with the narrative and did this, the 1-8 and eight start, the complete lack of offense being swept by the Orioles starting the season. I just think that snowballed. But you know, right now the team is 12-1 and one at home. Um, they have now surpassed the Yankees. So since the start of the 2008 season, the Rays have the highest winning percentage at home uh, over the last you know, 2000, the last four and you know a quarter seasons, not even a quarter yet, but they've got the highest winning percentage in baseball right now. So 12 to one, it's a hell of a start. It's the best home start this team's ever had. Uh, and a lot of good news. I mean, the only bad news really is Evan Longoria is going to be gone for a while. So that, uh, that's a tough pill to swallow for him to be gone, you know, anywhere from four to eight weeks, depending on which reports uh, that you hear. But uh, the good news is the hamstring wasn't completely torn, but there's definitely a partial tear there. Uh, and yesterday, Eric Common and I, we kind of co-wrote an article there about what's going to happen at third base between Jeff Kepinger, Will Rimes, and Elliot Johnson. What are your thoughts on that situation? I am really, really glad we signed Jeff Kepinger right now um, because our, our our lineup um, our lineup is perfectly fine against against right-handed right-handed pitchers right now. We have we have uh, Pena, Scott, um, Joyce, uh, jo- Joyce, and we picked up Allen, all those guys will work real good intensive bats against lefties. All those guys will will get big hits against lefties. We're we're, we're a lot lighter against um I, I mean against righties for all these all these guys. We're we're a lot lighter against against lefties. Um BJ will will do okay, but I don't ever know what to really expect. I'm not comfortable projecting BJ. Um uh Sean Rodriguez will be an above-average bat against against lefties, um, but with Longoria out, it, it starts to look like a pretty weak weak lineup. And I am just thrilled at this point to have to have Kepinger to to slot in there, who can who can probably bat bat cleanup for us against against lefties because he is he is a true lefty masher in the definition of a very mediocre hitter who is an above-average hitter, well-above-average hitter against the left-handed batters. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's, he's already hit cleanup lefties a few times. I like that role. Um, you know, I think when your whole point about how average this lineup looks against lefties has been highlighted in the last two games by Lucas Lukey when he's coming out of the bullpen. Uh, he has shut the, he shut the Rays down two consecutive days and just made them look silly. Uh, yeah, you know, um, Pena striking out everybody. Also, also um, Furbush... Uh, yes, Charlie Furbush too. Bunch of lefties also. So they've looked very human. It's it is what it is. It's been a problem that everybody should be just used to at this point. It's it's, it's what it's been less drastic in other years. Two thousand eight was really bad. Two thousand nine not so bad. It, it's varied year to year, but struggles against left-handed pitching. Um, the Rays have. I think of one year they were above league average in, in performance against left-handed pitching, one out of the last four. So uh, it is what it is. But what are some what are some other things that you've liked that you've seen out of the team since the last time we talked? Well, our our, our bullpen has has been lights out. The bullpen bullpen got off to a shocky uh, to a shaky start at, at the beginning of the season. Uh, Peralta, who who hadn't hadn't been been to winter ball, looked 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 very bad. I, I was real worried about that. Um, how there's there's a lot of questions still about about would it be would it be the uh, the the bad Howell who loses seasons or or the good 
or the medium Howell who can get out lefties but not righties, or or maybe a better Howell. He he's come on really strong. He's 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 faced both righties and lefties, and and he's he's been consistently on the front foot. He's he's been getting getting ahead in counts. Um, I, I really like what I'm seeing from him. Um, uh, and 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 Peralta has he's absolutely uh, like driven the point home that um, you wouldn't evaluate any other pitcher on three innings of work. So so we we shouldn't get too freaked out by a pitcher who who has three bad outings of of of, of one inning. It's just way too small something to to be declaring a guy a guy done with on. Um, and. Uh, uh, what's his name? I'm, I'm bad with names. The lefty fireballer, young one, McGee. McGee. He he's. I I've never really been excited about McGee when I watch him, um, because he, he just seems to be all all over the place. He's 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 not hitting the catcher's glove. But 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 these these past few games, he's he's looked like like uh, like a lefty who can throw 97, 98. Like like a person like that should. Um, so I, I'm, I, I think I think the pen is going going to be absolutely fine. Uh, look, yeah. there, there's 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 no way to replace Longoria. He's arguably the best player player in the league. You're not going to be able to to have someone come in and have even similar production. Um, but but as long as as everybody else is uh, producing at at a high level, missing two months of any player, even a great player, isn't that big of a deal. Um, what will worry me is, is if this injury lingers and it's, the day keeps getting pushed back, or he comes back and re-injures it. That, that's really when the Rays could get in get get into trouble. Six to eight weeks probably won't actually have us in real trouble. Yeah, I agree, uh, and that's one of the things. The team's got a really good track record uh, of doing of being uh, cautious with the injury. They don't rush these guys back. And I think that'll help things uh, with this. But I, I completely agree with you. The bullpen, when when the whole mess started, when the team was had was had really bad numbers, and we talked about the last time you were on the show with me. You know, basically it was Dane Delarosa and Josh Lukey who were wearing a lot of that, and then Joel Peralta, as you said, they got rid of the other two. They're back in Durham where they belonged, and. Peralta has really straightened it out and has been the Joel Peralta of old. And then I, I like your point about Jake McGee. Jake McGee has quietly been coming in and being a badass. I mean, he has come through in some key left out one situations and has done his job. He came in today because Jeff Demon once again couldn't make it out, uh, make it out of the sixth inning. Jake McGee came in and did one and two thirds of dominating relief today. So I really like what I'm seeing out of him. J.P. Howell looks like the J.P. Howell of old, where he's coming in in high-leverage situations and getting the job done. Uh, Fernando Rodney continues to be unbelievable. Uh, so for the most part, this bullpen, since this team's on this winning streak, has been really, really damn good. And that's what I, I like to see that, because we knew this wasn't the bad bullpen that started the season out. People were making you know, tweets on e about ERA. They raised up the highest bullpen ERA, because it came out of two games. They gave up 13 runs in two innings. That's going to happen. That's why A.J. Burnett's ERA is 8.08 right now, because he gave 12 earned runs in two innings the other day. So these things happen, but I, I do like that. Um, I like that the, the starting pitching's not walking as many guys as they were doing. That was part of the problem. They had you know, higher walk rates. That's come down. 
Um, defensively, it, it's getting a little better. Uh, Sean Rodriguez is still a little sloppy out there, made a bad play today. Brandon Allen made a Johnny Gomes-like play today. Uh, but it's you know really really his first start out there playing with the roof and all that. That's going to take some getting used to. But it's really tough to find fault when a team's 10 out of their last 11. Yes, it's uh, um, I am I am I am finding no fault, and I am I, I mean, and and we're only going to this this is not a true statement, but we're only going to get better from from, from here on out. Um, other things will happen, but but you'll see more getting more experience. I think he'll 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 settle in and and he'll improve. Um, and and at at some point, Farnsworth, who was who was our bullpen ace last year, um. Farnsworth will come back and take take the spot of our lowest leverage guy, who is either either Wade or 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 Badenhop. I'm not not entirely sure. Or Gomes. But, um, right. I, I I meant Gomes, but away. We don't have Wade anymore. But uh, um, he'll he'll push everybody down down that line, and it'll become an even 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 stronger bullpen. So I I, I think I think overall we're we're in as as good a shape as one can possibly. BM after losing the best player in the game. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing. If you listen to the Rays on, uh, if you listen to the broadcast on radio, you know they have this little sound bit where they come in. It's got Joe Madden saying, you know, we can't hide from our DNA. We are made of pitching and defense, and I think that's where it's going to have to be. We know the offense is going to struggle. It, it struggled in this series against the Mariners, and quite frankly. Uh, you know, after Felix Hernandez, they weren't facing the best pitching, and it still struggled. Uh, so we know that's going to happen. Oakland comes in this weekend. Luckily, Brandon McCarthy's not going to pitch in this series, but uh, believe it's going to be Jared Parker will pitch in this series. Fernando, uh, not Fernando, uh, Bartolo Colon, and I think Tom Malone. I think the lefty might pitch in this series too. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but uh, overall, again, happy. Really tough to find fault, but. There was two different things that really happened on on the site this week. Uh, I, actually, before we get to that, we also have to talk about Hideki Matsui because that kind that kind of thing all flew under the radar uh, after all the bad news on May first between Longoria and, and Beckham being suspended for fifty games. Uh, the Matsui signing kind of happened and went, but you know, we know he's going to the minor leagues. But how do you envision? What do you think Matsui is going to be able to provide uh, to the team, if anything, this year? I mean. I mean, Matsui is is a very good hitter. Matsui was a very good hitter. Um, I, I have no idea what he has left. Uh, no team signed him to a major league deal, um, so so that means that that he's that he wasn't he wasn't a very highly regarded player anymore, despite having a late season surge and hitting okay away from the Oakland Coliseum. Um, last season, uh, but he's like he's still he's still Godzilla. He's he's still Hideki Matsui. And the way I see it is just if if you have the chance to to stash to stash one of the better hitters in the game or someone who is recently one of the better hitters in the game in your minor league system with basically no opportunity cost, um, then absolutely do it. And and it's 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 a great move. Maybe maybe he'll he'll he'll. Uh, Work his legs into shape. He'll he'll uh, and he'll be able to come up and provide quality late late season at bats. Um, maybe he he never does anything. Uh, maybe he maybe he's he's just done and he he gives all the autograph seekers at Durham something of value. Um, but but there, there there is no downside to this signing and, and there's a possibility of a very very decent upside. 
Yeah, I agree with you that uh, the depth is a big thing because most of us know that are listening to this, Durham is bad this year. Um, the, uh, we're, we're spoiled. Durham has always been able to provide some insurance, whether it's been uh, Dan Johnson coming up, whether you know, other guys, Justin Ruggiano, different guys that have come in and played different roles. Those guys aren't in Durham this year. Uh, it's a really, really bad Durham team. Brandon Geyer is really the only guy of value uh, right now that's still on the roster, and he's hurt. He's on the DL with an ankle injury. Will Rimes was called up. Will Rimes has been good so far in two games uh, at the offensive end of the plate. Um, frankly, I like Will Rimes over Elliot Johnson myself just because of the skills Will Rimes has. But with Matsui, if, if Brandon Allen doesn't work out, if Brandon Allen becomes the Brandon Allen that that the uh, White Sox had in the farm system and traded to Arizona, that Arizona had and traded to Oakland, that Oakland let go because he couldn't make contact. If, that, if that's the same guy that comes back, uh, maybe by the time that happens, Matsui's ready and can just one can slide in for the other. Allen, maybe Allen works out. Matt, so he can come up, and one of the middle infielders has to go. But to me, it's it's again, there's no there's little risk of this move. It's a minor league contract. There's really not a bad bad side to this. If he comes up and hits, you know, Matsui is rather split neutral, so it's not something you really have to platoon. Uh, he did hit better away from Oakland last year, but it's split neutral, um, and the experience. Kind of, you, you see how these things played out in the past. Initially, if you look at it on paper, this kind of looks like a devil ray move where they're signing a name. But there's, I, there's, there's still some skill there. And again, to me, this is a minor league deal, so there's very little risk to it. Right, and and, and this team doesn't make devil ray moves anymore. I, 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 I very rarely see them make make any move that that I think is is bad or or if i do think it's bad that they don't quickly prove 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 me wrong on that so they're 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 smarter than me they're smarter than than most of the other teams i i'm if 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 they say that they want want to sign matsui i think matsui has something left exactly i mean again this is most of the moves i mean toss away the pat burrell thing most of the moves that they've made like this these these low risk you know minor league contract moves even I mean, if casey kochman can work out uh, we'll see what happens with Matsui along those lines. But there was two things, two different things on the on the site this week that I think need to be explained or talked out a little more. Um, one of them happened yesterday. You wrote the post game wrap up uh, and you termed it, you titled it "Random Variation Abounds." And a uh, looks like a uh, often uh, a reader of the site, somebody who rarely comments, took was taken aback by that comment a little bit and to kind of read out what was said. The person said, I love it when sabermetric types start talking about random things. Does this winning streak and the pressure that comes with it affect this game? What about just losing the team's best player? Do these and countless other factors have a direct and observable impact on the random events? The answer, of course, is no, because anything that can't be quantified on fan simply doesn't exist. It must be mislabeled as random. Right. People, people really don't like the term random. People don't like the term luck. It pushes people's buttons with it, which which is it's part of the reason why i insist on using it but um <laughs> uh, there's there's it's impossible to deny that there there is randomness in 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 our world generally and in baseball um like if if if, if you're made uncomfortable by this idea just think about about how how on 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 a subatomic scale nothing even exists um everything is simply a cloud of floating probabilities. Um, something might be here. Something might be here. Um, and 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 until until you look at it, it's not it's not in any of those places. Everything is just this mesh of probabilities. 
Um, we don't usually see that on on the macro scale. Um, I I personally, and probably no one who's alive has ever seen that on the macro scale. Right. Um, I, but it's uh, there's nothing so crazy about the idea of luck on the macro scale, though. Um, um, if you um, if if I hit 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 a long fly ball today, um, and there's no wind, it might stay in. If I hit it tomorrow and there's a wind blowing out, it might be be a home run. Um, nothing that I did had any effect on on the weather. I just I just happened to be playing on one day rather than than the other. Um, right. That's that's random variation. Yeah, I um, mean you're you're the constant, and that's the variable uh, with with that. I mean, or you know, you can hit a long fly ball and it bounces off somebody's glove and goes over the wall, like Matt Joyce did with with the assist from Michael Saunders. Right. Um, um, even um, when we when we talk about playing playing being players being babbled about about uh, um, about hitting 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 seeing eye singles and them and them and them squirting through the defense or hitting hard line drives straight at people. That's luck. But just the fact that you're hitting a certain type type of ball, that's that's all that's all in in the realm of random variation too. Um, um, if, if if a player's swing is only very slightly different, imperceptibly different, that's that's the difference between pounding pounding the ball into the ground and hitting a, a scorching line drive. Um, um, and it's and, and, and sure there, 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 there's a lot of skill skill that goes into squaring up balls consistently, but your ability to square up a ball consistently um, is constant, but but whether or not any given ball itself gets gets squared up, that that varies around your 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 ability. And and I just keep saying this, but there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's uh that's just the world that we live in. Um, I, 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 I know that people um, sometimes think that statistical types um, chalk, to, chalk everything that, that they can't explain up to random variation or luck. Right. Um, and, and the difference, um, the other side of that is something that you should also avoid, that, that you, you should also... Um, not get get into, into this mindset how how you will chalk nothing up 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 to random variation either. Um, um, there are things that we that we can explain now. There are things that we can't explain now, but but will it some sometime in the future become explainable as we become smarter um, about baseball or generally. Um, but then there's also there's some things that that just plain are unexplainable um, and are completely meaningless. And I just, I just want the world to not be afraid to call something meaningless. And I was going to ask if you think there's some, there's some consternation between, you know, one of the running jokes obviously is the stat boy stuff. But you know, if there's some consternation there between, you know, people think that the people that the stat boys will, if, if something is like we were just talking about, that they always just say uh, there's some randomness. I think some people. Will also excuse things when they think it's you know 
they refuse everything has to be qualified. They just don't want to leave things up to randomness. So we talk about, you know, like the human not the human factor, but you know, who's clutch, who isn't clutch. Do you think that some of this is, is still a little bit of back and forth between the people that are willing to live with the baseball card stats against the people that are willing to use advanced metrics at all? I think it actually is. Um that um that I, I, I think that I think that that even though it, it's it's died down a lot over the past couple of years. I still think that there are there's there's there there's one side one side that thinks 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 that the stat boys are, are these annoying know it alls um, who uh, who want to, to, to take all of the childhood fun out fun out of the game and 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 and, and, and those stat boys think that that the people who who don't read the studies disproving clutchness and and refuse to 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 believe them if they do re- read them are are just dumb. I think I think that that's it's a, it's a, it's a debate that still goes on. It it doesn't it's not all that interesting to me. Um, like I if if you think that that clutchability exists um, and is is consistent, then then go out. Read the studies disproving it. I'll, I'll gladly send anyone um, some of these studies mm-hmm. and and uh, and poke holes in in their methodology. Um, talk about why they're wrong because they very well might be wrong. Um, but when when something is done scientifically, then then um, then. The way to to react to it is 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 also scientifically, and 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 that's 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 the uh, the discussion that that I'm that I'm much more interested in. I I think that clutchness does not exist, um, based on what I've read. I might I might I might be wrong about that. If so, if someone can can show that these studies that I've read are faulty studies, that the methodology is bad, that 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 they weren't looking at it a certain way, I am perfectly willing to to uh to believe that my favorite players are clutch um i still believe akinori iwamura was was clutch no matter what the studies say but, <laughs> but i i wouldn't i wouldn't place anything of value on it if someone put me up to it yeah i mean for me for the whole discussion point i, I as long as i'm not going to fall everybody's entitled to their own opinions just not entitled to their own facts but to me if, if you're going to state something as fact i want you to be able to prove it or disprove it, or disprove me, or, or or anybody else trying to make a point. I just wish people were more open to reading the research against it. I had it as something as simple as lineup protection. I had a, a Facebook chat with a uh, with a baseball friend of mine, uh, more fantasy baseball side, but you know, we were in a debate over lineup protection, and he's like. Uh, you know why? If lineup protection does, isn't real, then why? You know why do people pitch around the eight hitter in baseball? The, the pitch and nationally to pitch to the pitcher. I'm like, well, the ninth, the worst hitter, the worst ninth place hitter in the American League is still better than 99.8 percent of pitchers hitting in the National League. That's that's an extreme case. But if you're talking about guys in the three, four, five hole, there's not a, a demonstrated 
you know, huge difference between from one guy to the next as there is that part down the lineup. And I, you know, I threw some different studies that people have done. I was like, go pick up the extra innings book or the baseball between the numbers. Go look at lineup protection there. Here are some places to go read. And the person was kind of like, yeah, whatever, uh, with some of this stuff. So, it, you know, it is what it is. I just wish overall people would be more open to reading the numbers and look at it. And after reading that, if they want to believe something different, that's their prerogative. It doesn't make it correct. Them right, and, and 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 in terms of, of of turning the players into automatons or leeching all of the fun out of the game or or, or any of that, um, if if you believe that 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 line of protection is real, uh, what you're basically saying is that the pitchers are stupid because because um, pitchers pitchers um, because it's it's a bad baseball move to walk walk a batter especially especially an um a an eighth eighth batter um if it's 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 almost always in almost all situations it raises your your win expectancy to go after go after the batter and try and get him out aggressively um so so to 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 say that 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 pitchers are are um are are pitching pitching around people if they aren't protected, um, is is to say that the pitchers don't know all this information, which, um, which which people like me, um, easily know. Um, and, and that's in this day and age, that that's just just not true. Hitting coaches are smart, teams are smart, baseball players are smart. Um, so I, I think I think I think that that it's I think the two can can coexist and i think that that it's 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 important not not to just always always believe that that the people actually playing the game are using the same backward information that that uh we fans were using 30 years ago exactly uh now one of the other pieces that kind of generated a lot of comments was over the weekend when uh uh, Mr. Maniac wrote the piece on Sean Rodriguez's struggles with velocity. Uh, generated quite, actually had two iterations of the story. Uh, one went up and then he realized uh, it was more of a straw man argument, as he put it, and he rewrote it. So overall had 200 comments or 200 more uh, plus comments about it. But what were your thoughts about the point he was trying to make in that story? Um, I thought it was, it was a very interesting Observation. Um, basically, 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 what he did for, for anyone who didn't read it or, or who, who just who just skimmed it is is he looked specifically at fastballs. Um, each individual fastball that Sean Sean Rodriguez faced, um, and he uh, he separated them in, into above average fastballs, below average fastballs, and ca- ca- calculated the the woba w o b a of uh, of that Sean Rodriguez had on those individual pitches, and, and and what he saw is that is that Sean Rodriguez was really pretty good against slow fastballs from both lefties and righties, and was and was uh, pretty bad at at the higher velocity fastballs from both lefties and righties. Mm-hmm. So so he was he was he was he was making the argument that that perhaps Sean Sean Rodriguez. Um, it's not so much that that he has this this big split um, between lefties and righties than which he does, but that because he's mechanically bad, he uh, he he just struggles on all good fastballs, and and, and that's a very interesting ob- observation. I, I I was surprised 
by those those results because because um, I, I wouldn't have thought that that he would hit that well on fastballs from righties, even if they were the slow fastballs. Um, the problem with this, um, and, and and I don't I don't mean to to attack Mr. Maniac in his absence. I think I think I think I think it was a great piece. It, it sent me on much more thought and work on this. Yes. Um, the problem with this is that. To look at just the fastballs, um, you're ignoring the rest of the the at bat. And one of the things that I'm always always um, um, harping on is, is how how the balance of of uh, of a pitcher's pitch usage affects how much he uh, um, affects how good each of his pitches is. So, so if he's using if he's using a pitch a lot. Then it'll be less effective than if you only use, use it a couple times. Um, so, so what we're really talking about when when we're looking at at a pitcher overall is the balance between all of his pitches. So, so there's a weird distorted perspective if you're stripping out all of all of the pitches that are not fastballs. Right. Uh, the other problem with this is that Pitchmaniac's axe method was difficult and time consuming. Um, so. So it's not very easy to 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 get a league-wide baseline. Um, so you know how do the other players do against slow fastballs and and uh, and fast fastballs? Um, so so because because his 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 study uh, raised all these interesting questions that I didn't know the answer to, and and because his methodology it was very difficult to get good baselines to, to compare the numbers to anything else. Um, and there are numbers that you don't see often. You don't usually see just how do people do on fastballs. Right. Um, I, I've, I've, I've been spending, spending this past week trying to, to sort of re- redo that study in a different way that will both be easier for me than, than, than it was for him and will, and will allow, and will look at, the whole at bats, and and I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not done with it. I'll I'll have it on Saturday. I'm having horrible problems <laughs> that, where I wish I wish I hadn't stopped to check something because I wouldn't have known that there is an error that I can't find now. But basically, what I'm what I'm what I'm finding just when I look at, at the whole at bats, I've only calculated Sean right now. Is, is that if you look at whole at bats, he's he's more in line with with what you would expect. Um, he's he, He's he's hitting lefties with with low velocity at a 400 woba. He's hitting lefties with high velocity at a 335 woba, which is which is still above average or and uh, and way above average for a shortstop. Okay. Um, righties right now he's 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 and I'm talking I'm talking about 2011 numbers sure. for all this. He's hitting um, righties with low velocity. For a 281 woba and righties with high velocity for a 241 woba. So 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 it, it's really interesting when you when you look at just the fastballs. Mm-hmm. He's really struggling against those fast fastballs from the lefties and really and doing pretty well against those slow fastballs from the righties. Right. But if you zoom out and look at the whole at bats, he's more in line with the Sean Rodriguez we know and love, who mashes lefties 
struggles struggles against righties. I, I just thought that was a really interesting discrepancy. And and the numbers you just listed, I mean, there's there's a bigger gap between his Wolba from the left side than there is on the right side. Uh, but for me, one I like the piece he mentioned. He links to one of the links that I sent him. It's something that I picked up about seven or eight months ago. Uh, a guy, a hitting mechanic, did a story about swings and how light bats are destroying swing development. He's got an animated GIF of Sean Rodriguez and Kevin Euclid uh, on top of each other, uh, showing you know, the swing difference and how Sean Rodriguez has to bring his hands forward to generate his bat speed, while Euclid does a great job of leaving his back, and that's. And, Part of the point of this article was that this is what leaves Sean Rodriguez susceptible to some of the better fastballs because he's got to get he you know he's got to cheat a little bit to bring those hands forward to pull that up in there uh, to pull that bat through the zone. It makes us swing a little longer, so that could be one of the reasons why he struggles against higher velocity pitchers, especially from the right hand side. Uh, but my point in the article, and maybe this is going to come out in yours, I thought there was a little bit of a selection bias here because we're only looking at Sean Rodriguez. We're not looking at Sean how other right-handed shorts uh, right hand maybe short stuff just right-handed hitters what their splits are like against low velocity and high velocity so i'm curious to see uh you know from the way he presented the story okay that looks good but how does that compare to other guys around the league how does that compare historically is this just something that is he you know this much better this much worse or is this really a problem and and the fact that the rays are trying to make him an everyday shortstop is going to be a futile effort I'm, I'm right, and I don't I don't know the answer to any of those questions yet, but I will by Saturday. All right, well, I'm going to let you get back to work on that because we've recorded long enough. Uh, but really, want to thank you for coming back on the show this week, and looking forward to seeing what you've got uh, this weekend in that piece. Thank you. I'll I'll see you possibly next week. All right, that's it for this episode of the podcast to be named later, and we will be recording again next weekend, uh, hopefully with some more uh, good raise news and raise wins and less injuries.